Welcome to the Chase Merrill Podcast. I am your host, Chase Merrill, and we are all about helping people get freed up from what's holding them back so they can build up who they were made to be. Today's conversation, I have an incredible woman of God, probably the most impacting woman of God that's a non-family member on my life, in my life, my youth pastor, Marcia Befke. Marcia not only was my youth pastor in high school with her husband Kyle, but she also was my pastor, is our pastor, when we were in Modesto, California for five and a half years. My wife and I on their team uh, being youth pastors and, and, and assistant pastors in different capacities. She, she's she's probably been the one through my formidable, <laughs> formidable years that helped me figure out just the world of girls and how to not be an absolute idiot myself when it came to pursuing um, the woman of God that I wanted to pursue. And uh, and so today, this conversation, you get to hear her, her journey a little bit more, the way that she is, who she is. And I just, I'm so thankful for her and the opportunity to sit down with her in person and share our conversation with you today. I know you're going to be encouraged and challenged by this. I cannot wait. If you want to help us continue to make an impact with this podcast week in and week out, consider joining our new Patreon community. For as little as a cup of coffee a month, you can be a part of helping us get the message and mission of the podcast out to more people more effectively. This is a way that we can come together as a community and you'll get access to behind the scenes stuff, additional resources and content and so much more for just as little as $5 a month. You can head over to chasemerrill.com and click Patreon to jump in and get started. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Frontline Coffee Co. Delicious, bold, and expertly roasted small batch coffee for the everyday American. Frontline is not just about coffee. They're about supporting responders on the front lines, courageously caring for the rest of us. With every Frontline purchase, a percentage goes to supporting the brave men and women who are doing just that. Head over to FrontlineCoffeeCo.com and use promo code FREEDUP. That's F-R-E-E-D-U-P, all one word, FREEDUP, to get 15% off your purchase. Now let's jump into today's conversation. Here we go. I have my friend, my pastor, mentor, somebody that's made an, an insane impact in my life in multiple seasons. Um, but we'll get into why, where it kind of started uh, with me today here on the podcast. Marcia Bethke, Pastor Marcia Bethke, here with me. Welcome, Pastor Marcia. Thank you. Yeah. It's awesome to be with you. Yeah. I miss you guys. We miss you too. It's been like one of those weird things where we have a relationship that has like, a, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, you said the ability to just pick up really from where we were, no matter how long it's been since we've physically seen yeah. each other or connected and communicated. Yeah. Um, but you are some of those people that when we recognize what we miss you, we miss you. Like it's like a deeper, it's a deeper kind of miss. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Holly and I both feel that way. Um, yeah, so you're here today, part of the podcast, this whole 52 project thing that I've been doing, 52 different people who've made an impact on my life, and uh, you are one of them in a significant way, you and uh, your husband Kyle, and uh, getting to have you guys here is just such a gift right now, in person. Um, well, you, for the people that don't know who Marcia Bethke is. Yeah. Just like a snapshot, a little window about who you are, maybe like this season, where you're at, what you're doing. Okay, sure. Um, well, I'm a mom. I'm a wife to yeah. Kyle Bethke. Yeah. Um, I, feel like, I feel like you got to say his middle name just because it's... Kyle Monroe Bethke. I know. It coming out of your mom's It's awesome. true. Yeah. We named our, uh, our daughter Monroe because 
it needed to be a woman's name. Yeah. You know, yeah. all the men in the house yeah. <laughs> and the generations have held it. And it yeah. was, I feel like probably very stately, but yeah. yeah. Common Rebecca. Um, I'm a mom of three. My oldest just turned 17, like two days ago and going into a senior year of high school. And it's blowing my mind yeah. because I, I really thought like, Oh, when my kids grow up, I'm going to be ready to celebrate them as they like spread their wings and fly and sure. leave. And now I'm like, no, don't yeah. go anywhere. So, uh, 17 to 11, Boy, girl, boy, Colby, Riley, Jackson, and it's awesome. Um, and we're pastoring. Yeah. We pastor in the Central Valley and at a church called One Church. And it's a weird, it's a, not a weird season. It's a unique seat because we're not actually pastoring congregation right now. Yeah. We oversee seven congregations. Yep. So um, the pastoring looks like ministering to ministers, yeah, which I love, yeah, and, and it's kind of lonely. It's a sure, weird world, sure. So yeah, it is such a, it is such a unique. I mean, it seems pretty like tra- trailblazing, if you will. There's not, I don't think there's a lot that I can come up with that even just off the top of my head of models or places that I know of like that yeah. that are that are kind of doing what you guys are doing. So it it is it is kind of a unique thing with no real roadmap. I'm sure you guys yeah. are kind of walking it out. I mean, we're it probably figuring out all the things not to do along <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> the way and realizing like, Oh, we really love people. I don't want to know. We're not trying to like lead an organization. Yeah. I want to like love people and serve the church, but you're not with just regular congregants yeah. throughout the week necessarily. Right. So anyways, yeah. 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 And, uh, part of, so part of what was important to me as well about this, having you here today specifically and having an episode and a conversation just with you, um, you know, you and Kyle obviously have been together throughout the, t- the, the years we've known you've been together and married and impacting my life and my, Holly's life as well, uh, throughout that time. So you as a unit, which we'll talk about more too, just who you guys are sure. as a couple, yeah. has been significant, but you, in everything made the most sense to me that you had, you needed your own episode. <laughs> you have made uh, your own significant impact um, that stood, you know, alongside, but also stood alone in its own space to, to Kyle in his own space as well. And, uh, and there's, there's so many reasons why, but part of the inception of all of this came back when um, my family had moved to the Rockland area. You guys had just become youth pastors at Sunset Christian Center, Rockland, California. And I think, I don't know what year, you guys were maybe two or three at that point. I don't know. It was 2004 when we moved over okay. and I was in eighth grade. Okay. We, we started in 2003. Okay. So you were right there. Yeah. One year in. Yes. Yeah. That's right. And had just started like an intern program. Like, I don't even know if it probably was that year too. Yeah. Jordan and Vanessa, yeah. they were like, you're first. Like, yes. let's do this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had Jordan on the podcast a few uh, episodes ago. It was a good one. Yeah. He's so good. <laughs> Love them. Uh, but, but in that season, you know for me, it was monumental because it was the, the, the point and the pinnacle of me coming into a reality of my own relationship with the Lord, where everything up to that point had been, um, you know, had been experiences where they were like, I could touch them, but it wasn't, it wasn't actually in and through me yet sure. until that eighth grade winter camp, uh, that our youth group junior high and high school went to and, uh, and I experienced some, some radical stuff with the Lord, but it was through that. And then realizing I had another youth group to go into with high school youth group yeah. access yeah. with these youth pastors named Kyle and Marcia Bethke that continue to give me this, like, Oh, there's more, like there's more that God has for you and you haven't even started it yet. So 
uh, like dive in. And, and that really was that summer of eighth grade year going into ninth grade year, I uh, went to whitewater rafting. Was it whitewater rafting? No, it wouldn't have been. Cause I don't think I could. Yeah, maybe it was, maybe I didn't get invited. No, it wouldn't have been. It had to be later. Right? I'm trying to think of how you I mean, you could. I feel like you could have. I think you guys might have. I feel like you me. could have. That yeah. might have been it because I know I went to the. I had one more. It was that. Maybe it was that, or you guys let me come to the normal summer camp. Either way, it was a summer camp. Sure. Of overlap where I realized, like, oh, I'm going to step into something bigger than me here with this youth group, youth ministry thing. And it, I don't. At that, up to that point in my life, I hadn't had something that was like as exciting mm-hmm. or exhilarating as getting to be part of this community and growing with this group of people and leaders like you and Kyle. And uh, amongst all of that was also my beginnings of pursuits of some, of some, of some, of a young woman, you know, yeah. of some, of a girl that yeah. I had my eyes on through, uh, through that, season, <laughs> that season as well. So, uh, so you, you played a pretty significant role in also helping bring some wisdom and counsel uh, to me throughout those early years around dating or the thought of dating sure. and girls in general. I wish I could remember all of the conversation. I have the worst memory, but boy, if I could go back and like bottle up moments of oh, conversations, because yeah. I have this like recollection of things, but I, I don't remember all of the like details, yeah. but I just like, oh, to sit and listen to like 16, 15, 14 year old Chase. It had to be brutal. Oh, it had been the best. No. There were, you just had, you were such a safe place of wisdom. You know, you and Kyle, Kyle challenged me. He also challenged me with relationships and girls too, but you, I knew you could understand sure. a bit more. And the way I have been wired was, was also, I think, I don't know, the way that, you know, the way I have had people joke about it in the past, but like, I have more of a like, uh, sensitive wiring in general. <laughs> so yes. Yeah, so to connect with somebody in that space who could understand that, but then also go, Hey, like, this is what you're not seeing or you know, sure. uh, when it came to girls and challenging me in that space. But part of what it was, was I knew you were going to be a place where, uh, I could be me and still leave feeling hurt and seen, but also challenged to be better, to be more of a man of God, you know, to be more of a, a man worth pursuing or dating the girl that I was even sure. talking about. Sure. And, uh, and, and so for me, that was always such, like, I remember leaving some of those moments just feeling like I may feel not any step closer to like the girl being into me. To back. catching Holly. Yeah, to catching Holly. <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel... Like I'm more motivated and filled with hope to be the man of God worthy of Holly. But that's because I was already in you. Sure. I mean, to maybe a maybe a degree. You guys, you guys, you guys lived it out, you know, but also called it out, you know, in, in, in us. But no, I, I appreciate that. When you think about those years of youth ministry and being yeah. a youth pastor, like what what is what's something you just miss about that season? Like, you know, being in now that you've been so, you've been removed for so many years, different ministry roles. When you think about the, 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 it wasn't simple. You guys had a lot of things going on, but the simplicity of it mm-hmm. compared to where you are now and just those early days of ministry, what's something that you, you feel like I miss, I miss this about. Yeah. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. Sure. I don't think I realized how prime that, like 
age group and the heart and the soul and the mind of a high school student is. Yeah. And a young adult sure. with that intro program. Right. But just like the things that the impact that we got to make, even just spending time with them, with you guys. Yeah. And then of course, all of the actual planned ministry and like, we did, I don't know that we knew what we're doing, but like, you know, our plan for discipleship and right. leadership and all the things as newly young married people yeah. at, to be able to be at that level with in, in the life of a teenager, I just like that. I miss yeah. I mean, working with adults. Of course we're responsible for everybody, but working with adults, just so many things are already said, right? Sure. So many, so much life has already happened and not that the Lord can't do anything yeah. and not that he won't do anything, right. but there is something about that, that season of life. Also so much fun. Oh yeah. I just, like I think back about things on things that we did, memories made, and I just think like, what a fun yeah. season! Yeah. Now I've got two. Oh my goodness! Now I technically have three yeah. who are in youth ministry. Like pray for that youth right. pastor. <laughs> so it's my sister. Pray for her. Yeah, that's right. Um, but with my oldest too, especially watching my my oldest is going to be a senior. So watching him go mm. through six from from six to twelfth grade and watching what youth is. What having a youth group yeah. and a youth pastors and youth leaders and other friends who love Jesus, who are trying to live life to honor him and like navigate all of the things. I just realized how important that season is. So gosh, I, I feel like if I could go back and do it again, I totally would. Kyle and I often say like the best years of our life when we were youth pastors, yeah. I still feel that way. Yeah. I just... It's just so good. Yeah. No, I wouldn't trade where I am, sure. obviously, because yeah. it's where God has me. But yeah, those were good years. Yeah, yeah. At the time, I'm sure the hard things felt monumentally, sure. like insurmountable. Right. Right. But um, gosh, they were just so good, and we had such great families and teenagers. I mean, yes, some we really families. did. I yeah. felt like, to be fair, even now, I feel like, boy, where we are, we have the best people yeah. ever. Where we are. Yeah. But when we were youth pastors, I felt like God gave us the very best. Yeah. So. Yeah. We had so much fun. We like, did. Being a part of that world. And, and, and you could feel. And I'm not a fun person. Like, listen, <laughs> I'm not a fun person. My husband is fun. Yeah, he is fun. He is. Yeah, he is. I would really like to watch you have fun. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I was thinking about that. I'm thinking about like the fact that, you know, in some of those memories I do have of whether it's services or events, camps, retreats, all of those things like you, you were, you had a unique ability to, for lack of better terms, just be, be a gamer. When I mean, like, you were willing to just do whatever it took to contribute into the environment, even if it was stuff out of your comfort zone sure. or, you know, maybe not preferential. Sure. And, and I just remember like that felt so, that just felt so rare. I just didn't see a lot of husband and wife combo combos, especially in ministry where there was like, both of them were game gamer, like game, like let's go, sure. whatever it's going to take to, to reach these kids or help them grow in their relationship with Jesus or as leaders. And, and I mean, and so like there, there were some, there's just so many moments I'm, I'm thinking about even like the missions trips that we were able to go on with you guys where, you know, you would say things like, you could do anything for 10 days. You, you can, know? you could do anything <laughs> for 10 days. And it was like, just some of those things where, you know, you had such a, you have always had such a unique ability to say and say the difficult things, the truth filled things, but in a way where 
uh, you somehow still feel cared for after they're said or after they're reinforced or challenged. Sure. And yeah, it was such a gift because it just created such an environment of growth, but also still acceptance with our with our youth group in those those times. So yeah, it was fun, and uh, you know, I think for me, part of why it it was so impactful were because there were so many moments throughout those years for me that you guys fostered and cultivated opportunities for me to meet with Jesus. And like scaling or peeling all of the stuff back, you know, the events, the the services, all of it, like, you know, even the moments at your guys' house, like what I recognize now being 32 and leading my own church and having four children of my own. And, you know, all of those things were as a high school student, I watched you guys in those seats was the, the, the gift the greatest gift you gave me was uh, giving me and creating those opportunities for me to really encounter God and meet with Jesus. Because that's what I'm recognizing even today is the stuff that's still the most impactful. Yeah. And I watched the next generation uh, by and large, like you guys have got something pretty special going on. It seems like at one church <laughs> and it doesn't surprise me, um, but it feels like part of what we're seeing generationally is this massive absence of of genuine, authentic, and fresh encounters with God's presence personally with students. And a lot of it, I think a lot of it's coming down to opportunity. Sure. You know, COVID was a big factor, but all this stuff with like social anxiety and different things where students are having less and less um, comfortability being in environments, you know, to, to even get there. It's just become, it seems like it's become harder and harder. Sure. And, and yet, man, you guys were just, that was so evident when I think about those moments with you and under your leadership, like I actually met with Jesus there, mm. you know, and got to know him personally in a way that made all of this stuff real. Yeah. You know, I think so as you share, what comes to mind is I, I grew up in youth ministry where my youth pastor did the same for me. Yeah. I got to watch from the outside something that I, I saw and thought I want that. Yeah. And it wasn't about anything shiny or fancy, although there were, it was fun. It was attractive. It did make this, you know, 14 year old girl go, I want to be part of that. Sure. But the truth is like, he taught me how to love Jesus and, and created environments for me to follow and serve and be stretched and take me overseas and told me you can do anything for 10 days. So then I became a youth pastor when I say you can do anything for 10 days, you know? So I, I do feel like making disciples who make disciples I'm doing what I watched. And I mean, I can remember being a teenager sitting in a room with some old, I was probably like a freshman and sitting in a a room at like a youth convention or something. We were at some hotel for an overnight. And I remember the girls in my room were older than me. And I remember them saying, okay, like, let's have our quiet time. And I was so excited because up until that point, I read my Bible. I watched, I woke up in the morning and watched, like I saw my mom's. Bible on the counter with a cup of coffee, but like, did I really know what I was doing? I don't know. And so honestly, we just sat there and like read a couple verses and then talked, what is, what does that mean to you? It was like the light bulb went off of like, this is what it means to spend time with Jesus. Yeah. And it's so simple, but had I not had that, had I not gone on that, at that event and been in that room and had this very, I mean, I don't think my youth pastor told anybody in that room. To say like, hey, make sure before you, you know, go to bed or wake up or whatever, you leave for the day that you have quiet time with your room. I don't think he said that. Yeah. But I I learned what it meant to read the word. Yeah. And I just think 
then I was responsible for teenagers. I'm like, we should probably do some of these things. You know, Kyle, the same thing with Kyle. He had a great youth group and he had youth pastors and youth leaders who challenged him and loved him. And I just like, I have a lot of hope for the next generation. If those of us who have seen it for, you know, seen it in like done for us, figured it out. If we just bring somebody else along. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's so good. So that's so good. Yeah. I think, I think part of what was so attractive about the two of you guys too is as well in that space as still to this day is and and you saw it you know model for you yeah. with your youth group and your youth pastor uh who was a stud by the way thinking about your youth pastor uh, and um is this gen this genuine sense of your guys authenticity you know i think so if if you were to ask my congregation right now what's what's the word that comes to their mind the most when they think about me and how I lead, you, you probably would hear that word. Hmm. And, um, and I say that just to say, I, I hear that, I hear that feedback a yeah. lot from people. Sometimes, you know, most of the time that gets in a positive connotation, but sure. sometimes it's like, you know, you don't have to always, you know, share, uh, you know, but what I recognize is that you, you two were really the first place in the ministry context that I ever saw and experienced that kind of, the vulnerability or that kind of authenticity like this is who who we are yeah and we're, we're okay with who we are being in front of you in a way that yeah doesn't doesn't have to maintain a perception that like we actually know you know all of the stuff mm-hmm. we've always done the right thing and so now we hold you all to that same standard right there was this like you both brought such a refreshing authenticity in being yourselves but not acting like you knew everything and had it all together to your to your people you were leading and, and then when we got out of the, you know, there's lots of uh, running over timeline wise, but, you know, we served, Holly and I served with you guys at one church for five and a half years on yeah. the team yeah. in, in an official ministry capacity. And that kind of authenticity moved into that. It wasn't just youth group, right? Sure. But, but when you talk about that for a moment, that world of, you know, you guys, you guys kind of came out of a generation where that, that wasn't really the thing. Yeah. So, sure. so what was it? you know, for, for you, let's just talk for you, mm-hmm. but like, what was it for you that where, where that was like, I, no, that's, that's who I'm going to be. Did you even think about it? Was it was just natural or like, was it an intentional thing you had to make a decision about or, or is it something that you, yeah. it just kind of flowed out of you? I actually don't think I would have been left to myself. Okay. So Kyle's the most transparent. I use authentic's a great word, yeah. but transparent to, for me is like a whole nother level Sure. because like to the point that when we were even just like dating or engaged, I felt like he would share things, not bad things, just things. And I would feel like, Oh goodness. Do we talk about, do we talk like that about that? <laughs> sure. And I just remember him saying, because he had learned to walk in freedom and live free. Yeah. Um, I just remember him saying like, I, this is what freedom is. Yeah. This is, I don't, I don't, I want to, I don't want to live with anything to hide. Yeah. And I grew up in a house where my parents were recovering alcoholics and they've been sober for 30 years now. Yeah, it's awesome. They're incredible too. But there is this reality that I, without anybody ever having to tell me to hide, I felt like, Ooh, do I really want people to see all this stuff? And I had, you know, the enemy's just so good at lying. I had created a world that like my world is crazy and everybody else's is perfect. Yeah. So 
all that to say, I actually think I probably would have been not maybe dishonest, but also maybe would have presented a world that isn't totally accurate had I not married Kyle. So he kind of like, you know, pulled open the curtain of our life for the, in every great way. And I was just stuck like, oh yeah, that's true. And then you just learn to celebrate the fact that like, I actually have nothing. I have nothing to hide. So that's how it started. I will tell you this. Kyle and I were early, like early into our marriage years. And, um, I often say the hardest thing I do in life is my marriage. Like I think marriage is such hard work. People say parenting is hard. Give me 27 kids. I don't know. Dude, I married a great man, but it is difficult work. And it might be that I'm a terribly difficult person. I think he might be a little difficult, but, um, so anyways, I remember being like early in my marriage and my senior pastor's wife, the one like growing up, my senior pastor's wife was now on the team at Sunset Christian Center. And I remember sitting around the table for her from her and it was just she and I, I remember asking the question, okay, so tell me, when does it get easier? Like at what point in your marriage does it just start to, you know, and I remember her saying essentially like never, yeah. <laughs> Never. She's like, the Lord deals with stuff. Yeah. And then like, there's like, a, oh, good. And then he takes you level deeper yeah. and then deals with more. And it's just this constant place of refining. Um, and I was totally discouraged, <laughs> but I also walked away from that going, why am I just hearing? Why do I have to ask the question? Yeah. And like to actually have somebody say life is hard. So I just, I feel like probably right around then Kyle and I probably because we're working through life together. I just said like, we've got to tell people that this, like what it's really like to love Jesus and love people and like work through our stuff. If somebody would stand up on, if, if I would have sat in youth group and had some, and my youth pastor was great, but have somebody say, this is so difficult for these reasons. And here's, here's what, here's what the word says, yeah. or you can do it. And here's how you do it. I think I would have been even more prepared yeah. and then forget high school, like just church. Totally. Like I, I just need to sit in church and have somebody look at me and go, yeah, that's so hard. Yeah. That is so hard. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And not act like if this is hard for you, let me tell you what I do to not make it, you know? Totally. So, I think it came from, um, my husband, like just living it in front of me, me being like, okay, I can do this. And then my deep desperation to give for somebody else what I so desperately longed for. Cause I really back to like making a world up in my mind that like everybody else has got this thing figured out but me. I just felt like let's, let's just help people. Yeah. They see all the people close to me. See my flaws. I'm nobody's. Nobody is like fooled into thinking like I'm this person that I have to keep up a facade for, you know, I'm the only one fooled in that situation. So I do think, I think those two sides of it, but I would, I don't think, honestly, I think I probably would have learned the hard way Yeah. Yeah. and probably, probably would have missed a whole lot of opportunity. Yeah. Well, I think you, yeah, you've you've got, you've gained a lot more opportunity to influence and impact people because of walking that journey out. Sure. Yeah. And, and I think, I think a lot of people wrestle with that though. Like a lot of people wrestle with the balance and the tension of how authentic to live or not because of some of those fears or concerns of those narratives they build in their mind, yeah. you know, but that's so good. I think it's so good to reemphasize that what you just said, 
that we think about what people think about us a lot more than they actually <laughs> yeah. think about us. Yes. And, and yet that there's, everybody's in some form of struggle there, you know, um, and to some degree, not everybody, there are some people that, and more than others live with, it seems like less of a, I don't care, but there's some form of that world of insecurity yeah. that can be bred. And, and so, but I mean, I think that was what it was. I, I, I just, I watched you guys be the same people, mm. uh, on the platform behind the platform. Off, off the platform sure. in the offices at home and you know for me that was probably what kept part of what kept holly and i tethered to you guys for so long in the ministry space was that these people are genuinely authentically being themselves and yet still longing to grow mm-hmm. like it wasn't just this because i think we do sure. see this like obsession with authenticity almost like this the, this idol of authenticity mm-hmm. in our culture now especially younger generation this like this is me and you need to receive yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no growing here because yeah. it does. I don't need to grow because sure. you need to grow. Whatever. I do think there's that like, no, like there always needs to be that that sense of growing more into the maturity of Christ who He's called you to be. You guys did that really well, but uh, to just get to see that these dudes, these dudes are not dudes. These these leaders, these people aren't duplicitous in any way. Like this is genuinely mm. them. Was like okay, yeah, I could be. A pastor. Sure. <laughs> okay, like, you know, I could be in that space. Sure. And maybe there are people that can be impacted by an imperfect chase uh, because that is who I am. And yet, um, I, I don't see that going away. So, uh, you also were really good. You and some of your people, but you were very good at asking very telling questions yeah. <laughs> i mean there to like yes. it wasn't like yeah. the wasn't like, wasn't like we had a bunch of people around us that were interested in keeping things shallow sure. Very true. you guys were like <laughs> let's talk about the juiciest most important things yeah, in life for sure you know for sure so then of course yeah but i mean yeah, was, let's do it you but yeah obviously you guys you guys were comfortable and confident enough to do that i think that was what was so fun and as a student especially and even in adult ministry with you guys too is like you, 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 that came out because yeah. you guys were like, you knew it could, it, it could be brought without some like, you know, resistance of, you should know that by now. Sure. But I, I think, you know, as, so the authenticity part for both of you, but especially for you, uh, um, has, has stood out and impacted me significantly. And I think part of the bigger picture impact that I think about, and I'd love for you to even share a little bit of your journey in this space is, uh, being a woman in ministry and leadership ministry. It wasn't until I, it, it was so funny to me. It's like, I didn't even know or have a concept of there being like another option. Right. Outside because of my early formidable years of Jesus following discipleship under the two of you. Yeah. Really from eighth grade. In the eighth grade, I had Kim and Dave Leatherman who yeah. in a similar space. Right. Yeah. And then you two, all I really saw was this, husband and wife combination of strong and effective leadership where there wasn't this, you know, husband and pastor's wife, you know, kind of thing as much as it was my two pastors and one happens to be a husband, one happens to be a wife, you know? So, sure. so when I, when I began to realize that the university did not all see those things the same way, it began to become, it was just in, intriguing to me. Uh, and I, I began to quickly realize how rare it was, how rare what I had experienced really was mm-hmm. and how healthy it really was. And, um, and so when people would say things like, well, how do you, and most of the time I would say, well, I, what I experienced was so healthy. Like, like both of them impacted me 
like in significant ways where I wouldn't be who I am today without her impact just as much as his his impact. So what what is the problem here? What is the issue? Sure, right? sure. Um, and yet, on the other side of that coin, I also haven't seen or heard you be like, hear my roar. I am woman. I am roar. Yeah, roar. Like, sure, sure. Sit down and shut up all you men. I'm yeah. here. Like, there's, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's this, like, you have been confidently you in, in who God's called you to be as a Christian, as a disciple, as a pastor, as a leader, as a woman, as a wife, as a, as a mother. And, and it's just come out of your life and it's been evident and it's been felt and it's been healthy. Um, so, so from your seat, sure. how much of that have you actually felt when it comes to what I just described? Yeah. Because I'm obviously on, I'm not in the sh- your shoes and I haven't walked through those things, yeah. but that's what I've experienced. Yeah. I don't see you very often in the world right now. So it's interesting because, be- because I grew up in a world, um, where my pastor and my youth pastor, like were so pro seeing me fulfill the call of God in my life. Yeah. I didn't even realize that there was this truth in the world that that would not be okay for a woman to fully become yeah. like to step into a place of leadership yeah. for the church, for a community or whatever. Right. And those were just for people who understand the context too. Those were two really, those were two men Yeah, that were very strong, super dominant, dominant. Men. Yeah. In, yeah. in, that, in that way. I just think that's yes. important too, because that's part of where you're going. Absolutely. Is some men who are speaking and yeah. empowering that world to say, yes. hey, we see something. And both of their wives m- ministered as their wife. Right. So they were not like co-pastoring sure. or whatever. Um, but so to be honest with you, I didn't even realize till I was probably finishing Bible college yeah. when somebody was saying something about like, I don't know, people not having space for women in ministry or something. And I remember thinking like, what do you, what do you mean? And maybe because I didn't grow up feeling like I had, I had to push my way in, into the room or into the circle or make create a seat for myself. Maybe that's what's helped me almost with ease. It doesn't feel, I don't feel like I'm, I am woman, hear me roar. Right. Also, it's not my temperament. Like, sure. just naturally, sure. I'm not the type A in my house. Yeah. You sure. know? Sure. Um, although, if you ask my husband, he'd probably say, oh, she's very, she's got, she's, she's yeah. for sure strong. Yeah. Um, so, I do think part of this is I grew up in a world where I did not know different. Yeah. Um, and, like, now I just think... Like it's been a value. I don't even know what the second half of your question was, but I will say that it's been a value in our church and in our community that every daughter gets to see that they can be whoever God calls them to be. And just like a great illustration that my, that Kyle says often is like, just like every family needs a mom and a dad. I think the church really is blessed when you get to see a complete picture of what that could look like for a, a church body. Um, and anytime, quite honestly, anytime I would like to just sit back and kind of like, for whatever reason, like melt into the, you know, into the background somewhere, like my husband's the first that's pushing me forward and celebrating me. And, and maybe 
you said something earlier that like I can say really hard things and somehow people still love me after it. Um, I get teased in our circle that like, I'm the person that's going to be like, you're all terrible humans, but I love you. You know, I wouldn't really say that, but, and somehow the, the conversation is going to leave feeling like I just got slapped and hugged yes. and I feel good about it, you know? Yeah. And I, I just wonder if sometimes, yeah. not that a man can't do that. Sure. I definitely think a man can, but I also just wonder if sometimes the way the Lord created us as the body of Christ to operate yeah. is like, if part of us isn't fully functioning, what, what will we miss? You know, right. for sure. I could say that the same thing my husband says, and it's going to feel different. Right. Um, and sometimes he needs to be one to say it. And sometimes I need to be one to say it. So yeah. anyways, I just, had, I just grew up in a world where I didn't know any different. Yeah. I yeah. really didn't. Yeah. Well, and I think that you just, you just mentioned something that I think was also really important about how how you navigated that you both have navigated that and it was that you you both you both mutually gave value to each other's differences Mm -hmm. but then you you also uh so the value was there but you also celebrated the differences like i think part of what i'm seeing now even in this conversation is this almost this this dismissal the heart of it's right the heart of it is like like there, there needs to be some intentionality to help create more space because of the the lack sure. of space there or opportunity based yeah. on based on history, based on tra- the trajectory of things, etc. Um, but then, what I think I've seen swing to the other end of the to end of the pendulum almost too far, almost to try to overcorrect, is like we can't celebrate or talk about any of the actual differences mm. because to celebrate a difference reinforces sure. the health unhealth that we maybe experience. Yeah, yeah. That's where I'm getting. I mean, personally now I'm kind of having a hard time, but it seems so done so well in the two of you throughout that time is there was no, like, he's better than me or I'm better than him. But there was definitely moments where it was okay to say he's stronger in this area than me or she's stronger in this area. For than me. sure. And I celebrate that. Yeah. And, and that's what I wish that the body, the church, the capital C church could see more of, uh, demonstrated in the pulpit and leadership, but just within the church in general is this this okayness to be different, but also the value of, of opportunity in the voice can still be there without there being this. Yeah. We have to be in sound the exact same yeah. for there to be equality. That's been part of my struggle. Yeah. I watched you guys do such, I think a great job and still do such a great job at doing that world. Well, well, thank you. Yeah. Do you think that that partially in the world that is because it, do you think that stems from insecurity? I get the equality piece is not necessarily that, but even just like the celebrating each other's differences or not feeling like you have to match the next or whatever. Do you think that's an, I think, I think insecurity is definitely, I think it's definitely a factor. I mean, I think, I think a lot of this, all, all, a lot of all of this stuff probably can be, can be rooted in that sense of insecurity. Um, but I think that there's probably also a, a disagreement around a lot of what people are seeing now as healthy masculinity and femininity sure. and there being even the conversation around what is masculinity yeah is it even a thing yeah, is yeah. it shouldn't be anymore whatever yeah. that might be that that's yeah. part of what is going on the, the world of just understanding the definitions around what are we even talking about right. has been so like shaken up right um that i wonder even if it's just a uh it's part, all big mess yeah. it's all, it's so all one thing that my that our my pastor who did our pre-marriage counseling yeah. after we were married, we were sitting down having lunch together. And he said something to me that has continued. The Holy spirit continues to bring it up 
and it, I feel like it goes hand in yeah. glove with what we're talking about, but, um, because my husband's very type A. Yeah. And strong. Very strong. Yeah. And it's what I love about it. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's like, that's my man, yeah. you know, and I'm not that way. So yeah. I, that is what I love. But I remember him, my pastor saying to me at this table, do not try to temper his strength. It is one thing to encourage the Holy Spirit to temper him in his sure. weakness, you know, like, yeah. but if you try to mold him where you're not just taking the parts of him that might be needing, you know, the touch of the Lord on, right? Yeah. We all have them. Totally. But if just because he's strong mm. and extreme and bold, don't temper that. Because mm. my nature is to make everything about him palatable. Mm. But mm. the truth is, like, I love, I love that in him. Mm. Oh, yeah. So I'm convicted every time I find myself like, oh, that's really big or that's really... Well, that was so strong. You know, sometimes I'll say things like, oh, that's really strong. Yeah. But like, that's exactly what the world needs. Yeah. Or our kids or our congregation yeah. or our team or whatever. Yeah. So I'm, I'm consistently reminding myself like, Ooh, don't, don't temper his strength. Yeah. Kyle does a good job not tempering my strength. Yeah. You know, when I find myself in the place where like I'm living in that, the strength of who God made me to be, Kyle's like, yeah. Get it, girl. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm like, ooh, come back a little, Kyle. <laughs> that's a lot, you know? And I want to be the person that's like, yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Good. No, that's, that's a really good uh, concept of encouragement. I think, I think a lot of people need to listen to and, and, and process because I think that idea of wanting to, especially those that are married, that idea of wanting to mold your spouse into your image sure. of, of palatability or whatever yeah. that word is for, for you um, could be the very thing that is causing so much of the friction in this season. And so I think yeah. that's really good. Well, when you think about, okay, so youth pastor, lead pastor, um, has a wife being married, having three kids, being a mom. Uh, when you think about the, 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 who you are side, um, like just the identity piece that's maybe been part of the journey because you've had lots of roles and responsibilities and yeah. titles. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think has been the message that you feel like you've maybe, maybe I'm trying to find a way to ask it that's specific yet open, keeps it broad enough so you can kind of take it where you want, but kind of where I want to go and where I want to ask and see what you would respond to is how have you amidst all of those different seasons and, and titles and responsibilities, how have you found your centering with your identity in Jesus, like how, how has that process happened for you to where you haven't, um, how, like, how has he spoken that to you amidst all of those different things? Cause all of those different things have had ups and downs, yeah. right? And there's sure. been seasons where you've stepped out of different places and different. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I know you, and I know you're part of that journey, but like for you, what has that experience been like to go? Okay. That's um, a really good question. My identity actually is, isn't in any of these things. Like maybe I thought it felt like it is, but it's in Jesus. How has he helped walk that out with you or spoken yeah. to you in that way? It's a great question. I think the part that I've been consistent to go back to that's helped is I learned at a very young age every day to get in the word. Yeah. So regardless of what my day looked like, 
it didn't begin or end without me coming back to the one thing that was never going to change. Yeah. It's really good. So, and of course, you know, I remember telling my mom, I was probably like 14, you know, really learning how to like live out my faith. And I remember me saying like, I don't even want to read my Bible. I'm just doing it because I'm supposed to. And she's like, good for you. That's exactly what you should be doing. Sometimes we just do things because it's the right thing to do. Like you shouldn't feel bad about that. So, uh, I think that's the Lord in me, but the truth is, I think that's my part. But I also think that what God let me walk through is just super tangible realities of like, this doesn't last forever. So seasons mm-hmm. at a place as, you know, even like as a mother, I don't know how often I preach to myself, this is a season. This is a season. Now my kids are older and I'm like, this is just a season. This is just going to be too short of a season. But when I was like with littles, when I was in Holly season, I feel like I'd cried myself middle of the day, not to sleep, but middle of the day. Like this is, this is just my season. Like I'm only going to have to do this for, you know, 12 more months. You know, I was like (laughs) holding on for a new season. But Hmm. I think because I in a good ways and in really painful ways, I watched things come to a close. Yeah. Or I watched like the truth of my family situation or the truth of, you know, whatever I was in, it was temporary. Like I had to say goodbye to some things I really loved or God did a thing I never thought he would. Yeah. And so I think God let me see like, Hey, when it's really good and really bad, I'm going to get you through it. So I didn't, I don't know that I recognized it then. So in hindsight, I actually think that the experiences of that has helped me realize nothing else really is, I can count on nothing else but the Lord. And then the thing that I feel very responsible for is the fact that I have to stay connected. Yeah. And if I don't, like that's on me. Yeah. Like I have a responsibility and all that. So yeah, that's really, it. I don't know if that's a good no, answer, it's, it's, it's a but answer. yeah. And, and, and some people listening to this, that there, there's so many different seasons represented, but yeah. there's a lot of those in the season of wrestling through how, how to not be so um, stuck in an identity that's connected to a role or a season or a title. And, and so one of the things that I think stands out about you is that sense of, I've, I feel like I've watched you, over the, the years that I've known you remain pretty secure in your identity in Jesus throughout those different, those different ups and downs. And so there was kind of that, like how, and that's it. That was, you answered it beautifully. I think for people to be encouraged with some of that, how do you, how do you find that? How do you, how do you remain steadfast in that? You know, cause that's something that I've seen come out of you. So when you think, you know, part of this podcast as well is, is the info or the why behind it is really to help people get freed up from the things holding them back so sure. they can build up who they were made to be. And every you know episode I'm having uh, with, I ask that question to somebody for them, what's something in your life that you've, you've experienced being freed up from that, you know, you are, it was holding you back that you've overcome. That's helped, helped you become more who you were made to be, or even, even lifetime. Maybe it's something that you're, it's, it's more in the present and you're overcoming it. It's yeah. not maybe there that you can think about that. You would say this was something for you in your life and journey. Well, it's, I think my lifelong journey, 
I wish I could say I learned it. Sure. I'm done with, I, I don't know that I ever will. I think like, like my pastor said, I'm just going to get a little deeper and the yeah. Lord just, yeah. you know, he's right. continuing to find me. But, um, I have an insane fear of disappointing people, which I feel like you get. Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like we get this between the two of us and I don't even realize. So when I was younger, it manifested one way. But even now, Kyle will say to me, we'll be talking about a random something and he'll say, is that really what you think? Or are you worried about what people, what people are going to think? Mm. And I actually don't, I'm going to justify here. I actually don't think I care what people think of me. Sure. Um, I'm sure I do on some level, but I just really don't want, what is the ripple effect of this? What will then they think? thing what what will happen to them so my i'm you know the the positive side of this is i really care about people right. i'm going to make sure people are taken care of unless i'm t- just blind to a situation sure. i'm it is probably not likely yeah. i'm going to just run over people now that the side that the lord's continuing to give me opportunity to surrender and i don't like it yeah is this idea that like i'm probably just going to disappoint people Hmm. And if I do, sometimes when it's the right or wrong thing, at least that's easy. Sure. Like, okay, it's the right thing. They're going to, at least I'm honoring the Lord. But when it's just, when it's like, you just have to make a decision, Marcia, because this is what grown adults do. Yeah. Or this is what leaders do. Or this is what pastors do. And I realize, I think this is the decision I have to make. And I think I'm really going to make people mad. Oh, it kills me. Yeah. It kills me. So luckily I married a man who really doesn't want to disappoint people, but even more does not want to disappoint the Lord. Yeah. Sometimes I think I operate as if I really don't want to disappoint you, God, but I know you're going to love me forever. Yeah. So at least if I disappoint you in the end, you'll still love me, you know? Sure. I get that's not right. No, but (laughs) But, I understand that. um, So Hmm. I think for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and then that manifested and take it out of like big deal stuff manifested in my family. Like I should serve and care for my immediate family more than worrying about the random person that might be affected by a thing. Or like we've had a lot of people live with us through the years. Yeah, yeah. We really like that. Just a few. Just a few. Um, But I remember one time Kyle and I were on, we were in like on a weekend away, just the two of us. And we didn't, we weren't, we like didn't argue for like 24 hours, (laughs) which tells you a lot about our life. And he, and I was like, babe, we've not, we've not had a moment of tension for like 24 hours. And he said, you know why? And I said, why? And he said, we have nobody to worry about but each other. I'm only worried about pleasing you. And you were only worried about pleasing me. And typically we have so many people around that we are distracted about worrying and pleasing others over one another. And that was really convicting for me. Yeah. So even in like the really practical ways of like, oof, do I want to disappoint my husband or my neighbor? Yeah. It sounds ridiculous, but sometimes I'd be like, I disappoint Kyle because I don't want my neighbor to be mad at me. That's so silly. But I think a lot of people think like that in but, that space. Yeah. But so 
Learning to not worry about what people think. And obviously right or wrong things, that's one thing. But live free from that fear. Because it can be gripping. Yeah, for sure. Well, I I just appreciate you sharing. And uh, thankful for your, your faithfulness to that journey. Because I think it's something that, you know, the the Lord has already grown a lot in you, and it's evident. But, but yeah, I personally can resonate a lot with my own story and journey. So, no, I really appreciate that. One of the things that, you know, kind of to just wrap up the, the conversation today, I know I want to just communicate and convey and think about now Holly and I being married uh, 10 and a half years. You guys married us. You uh, walk through us, not only like with the world of dating, but then also walking through a breakup of an engagement and then re-walking through uh, being engaged again in some premarital and all of those things before we came and worked with you guys in Modesto. Um, but I, I, I see so much of... The who, who my wife is and her love for Jesus it, it came out of those four years of you guys in, in youth ministry. And uh, that, because it, you know, even though she developed that maturity more in her faith as the years went on to Bible college and, and on staff at churches, I recognize that like that first love for Jesus stuff happened in Axis, happened in United Youth Ministry. And when I think about the the things that are the most dear to me in my relationship with my wife and our home and the things we long for for our kids part of why we are on the same page together is because of being able to be a part of your guys ministry together and it it's not it's not little it's a massive thing it's an arc and now you know cascade that down like our kids are going to be recipients of that right the value of us being authentic with our kids, the value of us uh, being okay as now we are pastors with pastors' kids in that way to be uh, inclusive of our kids into the ministry space without feeling we've we got to like box them up and put them in a corner and keep them all quiet. And, you know, yeah. you guys were just so good about, you know, our kids are here and you let them be them and experience the ups and downs of that. And, you know, we have that to now give to our kids in that way. Um, the priority of your marriage being your first ministry. You know, we watched you guys do that. And you pursuing um, your affection for Kyle. There was just moments where, you know, I, I knew you genuinely loved each other, you know, because of the way you would, uh, how you would express that love or demonstrate that love with just your, your, there's moments, whether, you know, you, you grabbed his hand and we're holding his hand or just what you, you were, you were with us in a way where you, we really got to see the, the, who you, who you were in a way that was like, that's what I want to be like. You know, I, I want to follow her. She's following Jesus. And, um, it's, it's just massive. And to see, it's not just my life, but it's my wife's life that was impacted like that. And her love for Jesus cultivated in that season through your discipleship I can't, I can't say thank you enough. Like my gratitude's not, it, there's not enough of it to give you in a way that I, I recognize where it deserves to go up and then, you know, out, but, uh, just so thankful for your life and the, the, the way that you've impacted us. Yeah. Thank you. I, love, I love you guys. I love you a lot, a lot, a lot. And I think too, there's this piece of me that recognizes at, um, you're still young age. So young. <laughs> how much, 
um, you guys have already accomplished at this point in the world of uh, just life and ministry. And, and yet there's still just this deep, deep, deep anticipation for the things God has in front of you. Like there's, there's this genuine sense in my own heart and spirit that like, you know, the, the, not the cliche of greater things are to come or better things are ahead. Than, sure, but, the, sure. but they're really being this prophetic sense of like, you have made a significant dent in the kingdom in impacting in people's lives for a long time already. Uh, most people's like lifetimes have already been fulfilled of impact, I think, at this point. And yet you guys still have more than a second half to go. And there's some exciting things that the Lord has in front of you guys. And I think things that are not just exciting, but they're things that are going to check some boxes that have been a part of your guys' mm-hmm. heart and dreams uh, for a long time, spoken or unspoken, in a way that will be um, not without its challenges. But I think there's this, this a season of a like an oiled machine kind of process that the Lord's going to continue to unveil where you know, you're going to be able to step in and experience those things without there being such a rigidity of like stop, start, stop, start, but just a flow. And that that stuff's going to continue to make a pretty big kingdom impact while, my, while simultaneously bringing deep soul and heart satisfaction to the two of you. So uh, that's going to be exciting to watch. Thank you. Yeah. I receive that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. To be here. What a joy. Uh, you and your family hanging out with us. Your kids are amazing. Um, hanging out with my kids. My your kids, kids are so cute. I'm dying. Cute. They are going to be are devastated so when you guys leave tomorrow. <laughs> when they have just had a built-in best friend for the last 48 hours. Yeah. But, yeah. You have to come visit. We will. Okay. For sure. We'll come visit. Well, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah. With that, to everybody else, thanks for listening. See you next time.